Told you I was a little edgy. <laughs> Amen. Hey, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 8 says, Love never fails. Amen? So regardless of what we're facing today, whatever situation uh, that we find ourselves up against, if it's a situation in our home, in our family, in our finances, in a relationship, uh, at school, in the workplace, whatever it is, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, 8, love never fails. It's the answer. Amen? Uh, one of my first visits to uh, Victory Christian Center in the early 1990s, uh, Diane Hughes, was, uh, she spoke on love. And uh, I grew up in the church, uh, but it was a dead church. There was no life. Uh, it was not a spirit-filled church. I never once remember the pastor really reading from the Bible and, and talking about the Bible and those types of things. And, and so when I came to Victory Christian Center, man, it was, it was alive, and I knew that there was something different here, and, uh, and my spirit began to come alive. And uh, I'll never forget one of the first messages that I heard, Diane Hughes spoke on love. And I had never heard anybody talk about the love of God the way that she did. And uh, it really grabbed a hold of my heart. And the next week, I brought back a friend uh, from work, and I brought him over to Diane. I was like, Diane, can you tell my friend about, tell her what you said about love. And because I was so excited about it, you know. And of course, Diane was operating under the anointing when she was sharing, and she, she's like, um, just stick around. Stick around. You'll, you'll hear that message. It's the place of love, acceptance, and forgiveness. Amen? The story of Joseph in the, uh, Joseph in the book of Genesis, chapter 37. We learn so many things uh, from Joseph. There's, there's character lessons and uh, lessons on, you know, uh, integrity, lessons on uh, standing uh, through adversity and, and never giving up and, and uh, being a, a person of faith. But as I was meditating about this word uh, this week, uh, I just kept going back to Joseph. And I'd never really thought about uh, the difference in Joseph's life being that he was a person of love. But as I've looked at, at him this week and meditated on, on God's love, um, I think what made the difference in Joseph's life and what, him, what allowed him to do what he did and get where he got and be used so effectively, that's bad grammar, get where he got, but be used so effectively by the Lord is that he had this amazing source on the inside of God's love. Amen? And um, I'd like to go through uh, what happened with Joseph here just briefly if we could. Starts in the book of Genesis uh, chapter 37. You don't have to turn there. But, uh, we, you know, we know the story, but Joseph, uh, he faced a lot of adversity as a young person, you know, had 11 brothers. And as you read the story, you're like, man, how cool would that be to have 11 brothers, 12 brothers, you know, uh, enough to field a football team, two basketball teams with subs, uh, a complete baseball team with two extra batters, you know, uh, it would have just been amazing uh, to me to have a family of, of 12 brothers. How cool would that have been? But from the very beginning, it seemed that things were against Joseph. And uh, in the book of, uh, or it's in verses 4 through 8, uh, early on, you know, Joseph's father said he was the child of his old age. So maybe it was almost like uh, he was his grandson, you know. And so because he was his, the, the child that he had in old age or, or like his grandson, uh, his father showed unusual favor toward him. And uh, so because of that, his brothers began from the beginning to not like him. So instead of having this awesome camaraderie that they should have had as 12 brothers, his brothers hated him. It says in the uh, verse uh, 4 and again in verse 8. And then in uh, verse 10, um, 
Joseph starts to, uh, to share these dreams that God has put in his heart with the people that should care about him, the people that should love him, his, his own family. And it said right away, his father rebuked him for even sharing his dream. Uh, verse 11 says his brothers envied him because of his father's uh, love for him. Then in verse 18, we'll go ahead and go there, or I will. Genesis 13, or 37, verse 18. said, now when they saw uh, Joseph from afar off, even before he came near them, they conspired against Joseph to kill him. Then they said to one another, look, this dreamer's coming. So now uh, it gets to the point where they're so jealous, so envious, so hateful of their own brother that they conspire to kill him. And we all know the story that uh, one brother says, well, let's, let's throw him in a pit. And so they literally throw him in a pit. They all sit down to eat, and then along come these traders, and another brother says, hey, we might as well sell him, you know. And so they sold him for 20 shekels of, eight, 20 shekels, shekels of silver, which is eight ounces at today's price, $35.66. They sold their own brother for $285. So um, at this point, you know, that should have been enough. You know, not only uh, his own family's coming against him, now they've sold him, didn't even sell him for big bucks. They just sold him to get rid of him. And so for he went through something so dramatic as a young person, he had every right to be stuck in that place for the rest of his life based on the way that they treated him and what they did to him, right? Could have lived his whole life uh, seeking revenge from that moment forward. It could have been this hitching post that he tied his life, tied it, tied it around, said this forever defines who I am. And I feel sorry about myself because the people that were supposed to care for me, they've done this to me, right? We know the story, it goes on, and then uh, these traitors sold Joseph to this uh, captain of the guard in, uh, in Egypt. And, uh, and, and the Bible says that the favor, God's favor was upon Joseph. And so this captain of the guard, obviously uh, uh, an influential man, right, in his day because he was this captain. So he recognized uh, something in Joseph. And so he trusts him enough that he puts Joseph in charge of everything in his house, uh, you know, he's off to battle one day. The captain's off to battle. His wife comes and, 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 and she was probably attractive, I'm guessing, right? Influential captain, military guy, Rodney-like, right? Uh, he was a man of influence. He probably had money, right? And so she comes to Joseph and, uh, and starts tempting him, you know? And, uh, and basically, uh, the Bible says, lie with and over... Yeah, well, you know, over the teenagers, we can just take this whole tangent and start talking about living pure. But anyway, but so she starts coming, you know, tempting Joseph and trying to get him off track. And uh, his response um, is amazing to me, uh, especially in light of, of all these leaders that we're seeing fallen in our country, you know, lately. And, um, and Joseph says, you know what, my master, uh, the man that I'm serving, your husband, he's entrusted everything in his house to me. He said, how could I betray him? How could I do this to the man that's entrusted all this to me and take the one thing that I can't have? That wouldn't be right, okay? Well, it says that she comes again and again, day after day, until finally she's evidently so humiliated and mad at him because he won't succumb to her advances that she comes up with this plot, you know, leaves her scarf is it with him or takes his cloak or something what does she do takes his shirt yeah so then she uh, her husband comes home and then she makes this accusation you know 
falsely accuses Joseph of rape. I don't know about you all, man, but that would be the worst thing to ever be falsely accused of, right? Falsely accuses him of rape. Then he gets falsely convicted, thrown into prison. Now we have a young man who's been betrayed by the very people that should have loved him. Now he's been put in prison, probably not a nice prison at that time of the day. And uh, he had every right to be completely defeated for the rest of his life. To definitely had every right to give up. Amen? Sure. But I'm convinced that it was God's love on the inside of Joseph, something different on the inside of him that allowed him to overcome. We, we see it, check this out, in uh, Genesis chapter 40, verse 7. If y'all could turn there. Genesis chapter 40, verse 7. There was a couple other guys that had been thrown in the prison with him. And uh, the baker and the, who else was he? The butler, right? The baker and the butler, was that it? So he, Joseph comes along and look at his response to these two guys. So he asked Pharaoh's officers who were with him in the custody of his Lord's house, and he said, why do you look so sad today? Why so sad, fellas? Now, this is a guy who'd lost everything, been sold by his own brothers for 285 bucks, falsely accused and falsely convicted of a heinous crime, put in prison to die, basically. And this gives you a picture of the mindset that he had comes along, and these two guys were in prison with him. Hey, guys, why so sad? Imagine their response. Joseph, we're in prison for a long time. It's an amazing example to me of, uh, of the power of the love of God inside of us that our response to life never depends on what other people do. It's never indicative on how others treat us, how others view us, uh, what they say to us, what they do to us. That never determines how we view ourselves or our response to life. Amen? Our response to life comes from the inside. This amazing power of love that the Lord has deposited in us, in our spirit, and it allows us that regardless of what people do, regardless of what people say, even those that, that, that should uh, care for us the most, amen, regardless of, of what they do, it allows us to stay steady and true and at peace, full of life, full of love, full of victory, full of joy, every minute, every day, amen? First Corinthians 13, 8, love never fails. You know the rest of the story that um, uh, turns out Joseph... Uh, interpreted some dreams. God gave him this ability to do so. And so when Pharaoh, president of Egypt, has this dream, can't figure it out, he finds out that there's this guy in prison that can tell dream or uh, interpret dreams. He calls for Joseph. Joseph comes out. He'd been in, in uh, the prison for anywhere for, I guess, 13, 14 years, you know, uh, probably hadn't shaved. Remember when they pulled Saddam Hussein out of that pit, what he looked like? what we thought he was going to look like, and then we saw him after he hadn't shaved for eight months. That's kind of what I picture maybe Joseph looked like when they pulled him out of that dungeon, you know. And, but they said that day they put, uh, uh, they bathed him, shaved him, and put fresh clothes on him. And then they set him before the, uh, the Pharaoh of Egypt, and uh, he told him the dream, and then Joseph interpreted the dream, and he said, 
wow, have we seen anyone with this much wisdom in all of Egypt? Amen? And uh, what's awesome to me is, is uh, in the book, uh, uh, it's chapter 41, verse 16. It is so quiet in here, I'm telling you, my goodness. The teenagers are so like, just like buzzing around, right? You all are just like, your eyes are on me. You're, it's all right here. This is very exciting. Amen. So if I'm stumbling over my words, I'm so sorry, but I'm just used to there being like, kind of like, like this. So I am sorry. Amen. Chapter 41, verse 16. I don't have to do anything to get you to listen. You're just like all tuned in. Verse 16. Pharaoh brings Joseph in front of him and, and, uh, you know, and he says all these things to kind of puff him up, but here's Joseph's response. Joseph answered Pharaoh saying, it is not in me. God will give Pharaoh an answer of peace. Uh, so even after all this favor had been on his life, everywhere he goes, he's in the uh, captain of the guard's house, and there's this favor on him. He puts him in charge of everything. He was in the prison, and this God's great favor was on him. They wind up putting him in charge of everything, even in the prison. Um, and, and, and so then, but then he's still humble. Amen. God is looking for people to promote. We don't have to promote ourselves. We don't have to go looking and knocking and pushing and, and uh, I got, trying to make a way. If we'll just walk in love and be the people that God's called us to be, he's the one. He'll open the door. He'll make the way. His favor will be on our life. Amen? Yeah. It's amazing. He, he was uh, obviously just a, a man of wonderful love and wonderful grace. When I first moved to, uh, to Lafayette, in uh, 1991, I was in my apartment on the bluffs, or in the bluffs on South 4th Street, and uh, this was before I was married, I was single, and I didn't do this a lot, I don't think, but this particular evening, I remember, because uh, it's one of the first times that God had ever spoken to me, and uh, I was in my apartment, and, and that evening, I was walking around the apartment with my hands raised, and, and I was saying, Lord, I worship you, I praise you, give you honor and praise, I love you, Father, Lord, I love you. I love you, Lord. And then I remember having this thought. It's like, I'm saying I love you, Lord, but what does that really mean? How do I express my love to you, right? right? I know I can go to church and be faithful and live with integrity and try to live with character and, 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 and do all these different things that we're supposed to do when we're good Christians, right? But what does it really mean, Father, when I say that I love you? And um, this particular night... My Bible, literally, I had not been in the Word up, up at that point in my life. I had not been to Victory Christian Center yet, had never heard the Word of Faith, had never heard about God's love, so I didn't really know where to go in the Bible, and so my Bible opened up to these scriptures, and uh, literally that evening, they jumped off the page, and John chapter 14, John 14, verse 23, this is the first one that jumped off the page. I said, Father, how do I show you that I love you? And then my Bible wasn't all highlighted and underwritten at the time. And it jumped off the page and said, Jesus answered and he said to him, if anyone loves me, he'll keep my word. And then verse 21, he who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my father and I will love him and manifest myself to him. John 15, 12, thank you. So he said, if you love me, keep my commandments. And then I jump to the next one, John 15, 12. This is my commandment. It's so simple. 
that you love one another as I have loved you. Amen? Amen. And then John 13, 34. John 13, 34. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. It's all about love. Everybody say, it's all about about. love. Amen. Book of Deuteronomy, chapter 28. You don't have to turn there, but uh, we spend time here at Victory in the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 28, because it sums up the first five books of the Bible, and it lays out these blessings that God God has for our life if we obey His voice. And I'll just go with verse uh, 1 of Deuteronomy 28. It shall come to pass, if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God, to observe carefully... All his commandments, observe carefully all his commandments, which I command you today, today, that the Lord your God will set you high above all nations of the earth, and all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. So we know that all these commandments, you've got all these Levitical commandments of what we're supposed to eat and all these different feasts and all these different uh, Jewish laws and all these commandments and the Ten Commandments, right? all these different things. And uh, I just think it's awesome that when Jesus came and when he poured out the Holy Spirit, he made it so simple for us that we believe on the name of the Lord Jesus and we walk in love in every situation in life. Amen? Regardless of how people treat us, that's how we live for God. That's how we be a bright light for him. We love people. Amen? Look at 1 John, if you would. 1 John chapter 3. Verse 21 through 23, this might be a quick night, folks, I'm telling you, because uh, you can't go longer than 15 minutes over there because they'll start tuning you out. You got you to gotta, you gotta get, it, get it done. Okay. First John chapter 3, verse 21. It said, Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence towards God. And whatever we ask, we receive from him because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. And look at verse 23. And this is his commandment, that we should believe on the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as he gave us commandment. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Look at Matthew chapter 22, verse 34, Matthew 22. When the Pharisees heard that uh, he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together. Then one of them, a lawyer, asked Jesus a question, testing him, saying, Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. The second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. So it, one time I heard you can picture it like a shower ring, you know? And, and, and if you've got all the law and the prophets, the entire Old Testament written on a shower curtain, they're hanging on two rings. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Amen? Amen. And if we'll just do those two things, we got the whole thing covered. Love God, love people. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Look at Romans chapter 13, verses 8 through 10. What in the world does Pastor John talk about for 45 minutes? <laughs> no, because it's amazing. It seems like five minutes, but 
Seriously. Okay. Romans chapter 13, verse 8. Owe no one anything except to love one another. For he who loves another has fulfilled the law. Amen? Amen. And then Galatians chapter 5, verse 14. says, All the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I just think it's so awesome that he made it so simple for you, so simple for me, that our focus is on Jesus. We love the Lord, and with his love in us, he gives us the supernatural ability to love people everywhere, every day. Amen? And that's how we be a bright light for him. Thank you, Lord. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 1. You got that, Alyssa? Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. Amen? I'm a very spiritual person. And I have great spiritual things to say to you. Very spiritual. I'm very... No, no, I go to church all the time. I'm very spiritual, amen? Right? Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but if I don't have love, I become a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. Though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, but if I don't have love... I am nothing. Though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor. So let's all go home. Let's wrap it all up. Put it on eBay. Let's assume we have no credit card debt. We have no mortgages on our homes. Let's bring all the cash in. Let's give it all away to benevolence. Let's send it all to the Sudan in the next week, right? Though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, but have not love, it profits me nothing. So if we're doing it out of a prideful motive, just so we get attention or somebody notices, or because we think it's the religious thing that we're supposed to do, profits us nothing. Amen? Though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. Love suffers long. See, we get this amazing picture of Joseph. When you go through 1 Corinthians 13, you see what he went through in his life, and you recognize It was God's love on the inside flowing out that enabled him to overcome that unbelievable adversity that he faced in life. Amen? We know the end of the story of Joseph. When he was put in charge of all the food in the land, there's that incredible famine, and there is no food. He has all the... uh, The president of Egypt had given him all the food, basically had charge of all the money, and in comes his brothers the very same guys that sold him for 285 bucks years earlier, right? And what's his response? He can't even contain himself. He's got so much love for them, he has to go to a different room and hide his face because he's crying. That's love, amen? Lord Jesus, let us be filled with that kind of love for people even when they treat us wrong, right? We're going to continue to encounter people that treat us wrong because we're the wrong color. We're going to continue to encounter people that treat us wrong because we're this or we're that or we don't have whatever, right? Continue all the time. It's not about how people treat us or how others perceive us 
or what others think of us. It's our opportunity to live on this world, make a difference with the love of God in us, making a difference in others' lives. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Verse 4, love suffers long, it's patient, love is kind. Corey, I thought it was awesome that you were saying that during offering because I knew what was coming up. Love is kind. I was talking to Todd before the service, and he said he was sharing his testimony with somebody. And they're like, man, that's foreign to me. So how did you, you know, Todd went through, grew up rough, you know, and uh, came through some stuff. And then when he first started coming to Victory Christian Center, you've heard Pastor Pam joke that she said, Todd, if you come to church drunk, just come anyway. And she could smell the alcohol on his breath because he was sitting right where he's sitting right there when he first started coming. She said, just keep coming. And so this person asked Todd, what was the difference? What allowed you to like keep coming? And he said, it was four people showing me love. Regardless of where I was at, they just kept reaching out to me and showing me love. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 8, love never fails. Amen? My, uh, most of you have heard the testimony of Kelly's dad that uh, raised on the mission field. Uh, his, his parents literally went to uh, Suriname and blazed a trail in the wilderness, started a, an awesome work for God down there for the Nazarene church, built a school, built a church, uh, really making a difference down there, and that's where he was raised. His childhood pictures are him, like, with underwear on in the jungle holding all kinds of stuff, uh, giant snakes, pythons and stuff. He had pet, pet, <clears throat> excuse me, pet monkeys. Anyway, so he had this crazy upbringing, right? But he was raised on the mission field. You would have thought that he would serve God, right? Well, his, his four siblings, they were all in full-time ministry. He came back to the U.S., uh, had a weird accent because of where he was raised. Kids made fun of him. He went the wrong direction in life, and most of you have heard the testimony, but my beautiful wife's father, uh, up until she was in fifth grade, he was doing everything you can do, uh, uh, dealing cocaine with, uh, hopefully the statute of limitations has expired, but I think it has, but you know, just doing all kinds of crazy stuff. He, he's got stories driving back and forth to Florida without sleeping, high on cocaine, you know, do, uh, uh, dealing with um, whoever you would deal with when you drive to Florida and do cocaine, right? But... He's got a crazy testimony, right? But he said every family reunion, every get-together with his parents, every get-together with his siblings, that he would get together, they would love him. And he'd go to the bathroom and cry because he knew where he was at. They knew. Look at the family pictures are bizarre. They're, they're all in suits like this, and he is like crazy man. Um, this was like late 70s, I guess, so he looked the part. But um, one night, he was uh, at home, had come home drunk that night, literally sitting in his living room. And in the middle of the night, uh, he was awakened, cried out to the Lord. He said, Lord, this is John Leitzel. I don't know if you know me anymore. And he got born again that night, gave his heart to the Lord. And uh, his spirit became alive. And uh, six months later, he was in Bible school. And now he's a pastor uh, on fire for the things of God. He ministered here about six, seven, eight years ago. I don't know if you remember that night, but the altars were full and it was, it was powerful. But, you know, God's using what the enemy meant for harm. And I'm convinced a big part of that was because love didn't fail in his life. Amen. He didn't come back. His family wasn't condemning him. They weren't making him feel bad. He knew what he was doing, right? He, he knew that he had, had turned his back on God and that he wasn't living right. But it was that love, the goodness of God drew him to repentance. Amen. Love suffers long. Love is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. 
Love is not puffed up. Love does not behave rudely. Man, we need the word in our society, don't we? Love does not behave rudely. Love does not seek its own. Love is not provoked. I see a show of hands of anyone who's been provoked. No, no, just kidding. In the last week, anyone who has five kids, 14 and under, like I do, that has not been provoked in the last week, right? Right? You get home from work, better have your game face on with a heart full of love, ready to not be provoked. Amen? Better be fully engaged and ready to give of yourself until it's 10 o'clock at night, right? Or you're going to get provoked. Well, love is not provoked. Amen? Lord Jesus, we pray we never be provoked. Love thinks no evil. Love does not rejoice in iniquity. Love rejoices in the truth. Love bears all things. Love believes all things. Love hopes all things. This is Joseph right here, amen. Love's endure, love endures all things. Love never fails. Amen. Praise the Lord. We hope you've been encouraged, strengthened, and challenged in your walk with Jesus. If you need prayer for situations in your life, we encourage you to email us at prayer at victorylafayette.org or call our offices at 765-447-7777. If you desire to make Jesus the Lord of your life, or if you've drifted away from the relationship you once had, I encourage you to pray this prayer with me today. Heavenly Father, I believe that you love me. I believe Jesus died for me and rose from the dead. Today, I confess Jesus as my Lord and Savior, and I receive the forgiveness for all my sins. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you come into my life and empower me to live a victorious life. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen.